Off the ball. Cristiano Ronaldo was offered to numerous clubs in the summer and no deal could have been done. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Hey, Alan Quinlan, how are you keeping? I'm very good, lads, and yourselves? Flying it, you were tuned into Ronan earlier. I was, yeah. He's... He's not coming back, I don't think, is the short story. <laughs> yeah, I suppose he's... Um, yeah, deflecting on that. But life life is good. Clear, yeah. and, and, like, you don't want there to be an arrogance about the question to be asked either because, like, why would you want to leave a club like Larichelle who are European champions committing in the top 14 like one of the best clubs in the world, it'd be an arrogant suggestion to think that, you know, he must come back to Ireland because that's the next stage in his career. He's doing just fine at a huge club in Europe. Yeah, it's an added bonus for him that um, you know, he's a team that are progressing. They obviously won in Europe. They've been knocking on the door for the t- in the top 14, getting right to to, to um, challenge for that, that league title for the last couple of seasons as well. So um, progressive team. He's got a few signings this year. They love him out there. So there's a lot of um, positives for, for, for him and why he wouldn't come back. Um, obviously, there's always going to be a draw at some stage. And he's always there's always going to be speculation about you know any jobs that are come up with any of the provinces, uh, vacancies with the national side. Um, you know, you think he's probably next in line, but he's probably continuously going to be asked for the next number of years. And until the point when La Rochelle start losing games and there's a bit of... Um, dismay there which doesn't look likely to happen that doesn't season. happen yeah I think he's done a really good job probably and uh, he has there's no doubt he's done a really good job there and you know it's um, obviously we've heard lots of coaches over the years speak about the culture in France and having incredibly talented players but maybe not the drive and desire that certain people you know would have been used to hear mm. uh, with less talent if that makes sense yeah. and it's respectable um, so I think if you get incredibly powerful athletes who are you know really good work ethic and they look after themselves off the pitch a lot and they understand that you know if you want to challenge in Europe and if you want to challenge and win trophies that there's an added kind of impetus around you know what the way you look after yourself as well mm. that you can't just rely on that athletic ability um, and I think he's Probably when he was at Racing first, that was would have you know would have been a challenge at the start, and then Gant Carter comes in, and the more and more you have these conversations around that stuff, and and players, other players see it and they start to do it. So it doesn't guarantee a success, but I think um, he's done a brilliant job. And and you know the scenes last year after they won the European nice. Cup in in La Rochelle for the few days afterwards were. You know, he's a hero there now, no matter what happens. We touched on the, the difficulties, rather, Ice Quinny earlier, of, uh, of a monster man taking the reins in some fashion at, at Leinster and vice versa. Like, is that a. Should that be an issue? Like, I guess it's, it's down to an individual thing, but I think Raj said, I'm from Cork, was his answer earlier. Is I'm from Tip? That would be your response, probably, if um, you pose the question. It, obviously, it's, di- it's more difficult than a normal situation if you haven't played for so long for Munster. Um, we've had, of course, when I played, there was a number of players, a couple of players who went and played with Leinster, and that wasn't seen as as um, you know being a traitor or anything, because some of these guys were, you know, they weren't regular Stephen starters. Keogh Stephen Keogh and Trevor Hogan or two to yeah. come to mind, two great lads who weren't regular starters, so they were getting 
an opportunity to maybe um, enhance themselves more um, in a Leinster shirt. You know, you had Sean Cronin, who started out when I uh, when Munster and obviously went on Owen Redden. Um, they they went on to have brilliant, have brilliant success with Leinster and and then in turn with Ireland. So um, it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, Declan Kidney had a short spell with with um, as coach with 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 Leinster, and then came back to Munster and won a European Cup and was kind of frowned upon by you know the, um, some people in Leinster. Um, but well, sure, I mean, it, it'd be a big move. It'd yeah. be a big move for for him to go there, um, but. You know, from a professional point of view, if you're looking at working with um, going into an environment that's incredibly successful and and you would imagine um, will continue to be pretty successful given the structures they have in place and the playing numbers and uh, the school systems, which are very strong here, um, from a professional point of view, it would be a pretty attractive proposition. Mm. But um, I heard you saying um, this morning that... Uh, you could see him going to England ahead of, of Leinster, yeah. which should be... Well, we that's gave another, uh, uh, when we asked him about England, when he remember he was on BT last year and it all came up and <coughs> it was like, you know, Eddie Jones was under pressure and everybody was like, oh, this guy would be a great fit. He was definitely sort of, at that point, I felt that answer was more, Closer. I would actually do that at some yeah. point. More open. Yeah, I think he'd probably get less stick for taking the English job, which just sounds crazy, really, doesn't it, than if he took the Leinster job, but... Um, I don't know. Like I, I can see him. Um, his family are well settled in France. There's a nice lifestyle there. Good climate. Um, you've been in holidays in La Rochelle. It's pretty nice there. Cheese and wine as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it just depends. Um, but I would never close. I, there was one thing I would say about Ronan knowing him. Um, one, some you could rule him out of something, and he could just come on next week and surprise yeah, you, and yeah, take yeah, the Leinster yeah. job. You know what I mean, or something like that. So, sure. he, he's he's right. I think he's pretty determined. He backs himself in whatever decisions he makes. Um, it was obviously very brave what he did. Um, yeah. You know, to head straight off after he retired because he could have stayed here and slipped into the system here for a year or two and then went. Yeah. But he just up sticks. With um with his family and went off and um you know obviously going to New Zealand as well so he makes he backs himself when he makes these decisions it isn't as if he goes and asks ten friends what should I do or shouldn't do you know yeah he, he, yeah, yeah and it's like he's very to, determined we're, and we're we're all we're all transfixed with the idea that he needs to come home or he'll come home at some point or other and he obviously from everything you've ever heard him say on air is like I'm absolutely fine I'm doing I'm plowing my own furrow here and life is good and I think we should take that as, as it I is I think if something came up with Ireland and uh, and you know yeah again it's speculation I yeah think. and that, that isn't know. coming up anytime Look, soon either so I think we will at some stage see him back in Ireland whether yeah. it be with one of the provinces or with the national side a yeah. couple of coaching tickets under a bit of pressure early doors meeting tonight in Galway and like you know the starts have been sticky the new nature of the league means that like you know it's less forgiving for losing those early games than it might have been in previous years when they get further down the track so um, big pressure on both sides and like a loss tonight really for either one is going to really turn up the dial for them. Yeah, it is. Um, there's been a bit of... These games have been pretty feisty the last couple of years and um, there's been a bit of niggle in it and there's a desperation from both sides mm. and probably with both sides tonight, Adrian, I think there's a probably a lack of cohesion and a lack of confidence um, in the way they're playing and the way they're executing and that kind of feel-good factor when you go out, go out onto a sports field and you talk about having your flow and even having you know good periods in a game. 
Um, it was an incredibly difficult start for, for Connacht. Mm. You know, to go to Belfast at any stage is is tricky. Even though they've had success and won up there in recent years, um, it, it doesn't give you much kind of wriggle room, really, when you have to go there in your first game and then you're in South Africa against the Stormers and the Bulls. Um, more or less at full strength, shorn of a player or two here and there that were involved in the rugby championship with the Springboks, but a lot of a lot of strength there. And um, so, in some ways, it's a little bit false on Connacht in a sense that mm. I've said this. You know, most teams would struggle to go to South Africa now. You'd need to be fully locked and loaded going to South Africa, expecting to to get a win and, and um, run them close. Um, so maybe we're kind of judging Connacht falsely here a little bit. We'll know tonight. I think they will... Um, obviously, the challenge for them is, you know, they've only had a couple of sessions this week because they only got back, I think, Sunday. and I, I'm not sure if they trained Monday or what their schedule was this week, but the, probably the most they could have had this week is, is two pitch sessions on the, on the new 4G pitch. Um, but they've a kind of... Uh, amount of work done in the last few weeks that they can rely on. They had a, a player m- meeting on before they departed South Africa, um, trying to address some of the issues. So you've got to keep fighting. It's very early doors for both sides, and both of them have issues. Um, Connacht are giving away a lot of penalties. They're the most penalised team in the competition so far. Munster aren't far behind. I think forty-one penalties. Connacht, um, mm. Munster, thirty-eight or something. So that tells you that you're porous. Um, you're panicking um, you're not able to deal with pressure um, because you know obviously under pressure you make those decisions to you know be offside or um, not have your discipline spot on or losing ball at breakdown I think Munster have had a lot of turnovers at the at the, at the breakdown they're not easy fixes they take some time so um yeah, Connacht, look, they'll be chomping at the bit um, to try and get a win tonight. And for either side, if they get some sort of... A, like, I think for Munster going away to, to Galway, if they were to get a result, even... they don't. I don't think they even need the best performance. If they get a result, I think that will give them a lot oh, of... Yeah, I think, it, I think whoever ends up on the winning side tonight, suddenly, it's uh, as is the nature of these things, everything's grand and the other team are not. What? what it's results-based, isn't results it, tonight, based, really? Yeah. Not performance-based. No, exactly. But speaking of performance, I'm forgetting about some of the stuff that you've mentioned there in terms of like the the uh, errors count and the you know um, the issues that are documented now we're three games in so it's probably not a bad chance to take a bit of a sense check as to your view of what the new coaching ticket what style they're trying to play or what once this starts coming together what's going to be the personality of this Munster team in terms of the style of play oh no I think they're definitely trying to be a little bit more expansive and keep the ball alive a little bit more Munster Connacht do that more naturally don't they because yeah. they've been doing it for a number of years and they're a very exciting side to watch and I think that's the biggest concern you know they've conceded 15 tries they've only scored 5 in the first 3 mm. that's kind of unconnacht like mm. they usually get 3 or 4 tries a game even if they lose a game it's it's a high scoring game so they're definitely much more comfortable with their lines of running and their support play and the pace. The issues Connacht have is probably um, having that bit of ferocity up front and that physical power at times, um, which just seems to be the, a stumbling block that's holding them back. And, and, and it's difficult. Um, in an ideal world, you want a big, strong pack and then, you know, 
loads of power there. They've lots of good players, I'm not saying that, but just underpowered a little bit from a physical point of view. But for Munster, I think um, try, trying to move the ball more sounds simple mm. and it frustrates me having to watch watching the last couple of games because I don't know, my mindset when I played was probably a little bit too loose around, you know, 20 yard passes and offloads and stuff like that. And at times I had to reel myself in and I would have got into trouble with coaches in my time, particularly with Ireland, trying to be, you know, move the ball from, you know, the the ball is kicked off and you're in your own 22 and I'm trying to figure out how do you run past guys and pass here and keep it alive. The game has changed because you make mistakes in your own half too much and people kick goals and the pressure, the breakdown and all that. Um, Munster have got to get that balance right that they... And I think that's what Mike Prendergast and Dennis Leamy and Andy Kiriakou and Graham Rowntree, of course, as a group of coaches, they'll be trying to get a little bit more tempo in Munster's game, um, utilise a little bit of wit, um, keeping the ball alive. And, and I always think back, you know, I played in Munster teams that were very direct mm. and Rog would have mm. kicked a lot and we mauled a lot mm. and we had one-out runners a lot and... It was intense. It was exciting. It was um, there was tempo to it because it was all done at pace and it was done with real ferocity at the breakdown. And you know, teams couldn't slow us down or stop us, even if they had a defensive line, because we were very aggressive and direct. Um, so you know, I think you still have to have a bit of the old school approach where you have to kick a lot. Um, the modern game dicta- dictates that. Mm. Um, you're coming up against technically, you know, very good people across the board and the breakdown. But I think what kind of concerned me a lot in the last couple of weeks was the some of the catch pass stuff, which you know you would think would be better. Um, but if you if you if you're not doing that stuff for long periods of time, um, and it's not just the first, it, it's not really first and second phase or third phase or fourth phase. It's when you get into multi phase. That's where monster lose their shape a lot, mm. and that's the biggest challenge. And that's what Mike Prendergast will be trying to do. Is when you get into the multi phase stuff, where what are you, what's your body shape like? You know, are you square to the um, what? Where are your hips? Are you running across the field? Are you fixing a defender? Are you running a line that's going to hold a defender? All that kind of stuff. Um, so they've got to get better at that, and I think it will take time. So the word patience has been mentioned a fair bit, and this is just a reality. I think Munster need to, you know, the players themselves need to take a little bit more control around their desire and their aggression. And I said this in the podcast during the week. Peter O'Mahony was the one that was showing the fight. Mm. He was the one that was being confrontational. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like that's the quickest solution here if you're if you're if you're if you're if you have mistakes and you're lacking confidence and you're dropping balls and your lines are running and things are not correct the quickest solution to try and get some flow and momentum is not about i'm not saying because there's obviously a lot spoke about the physicality of the game during the week and dementia and links to motor neurons and things all this kind of stuff i'm not saying go out and start bashing people but i'm saying the quickest solution is to try and win those physical contests, mm. um, which is within your control. And I think that's what Munster have to do tonight. They, know, they need to go to Galway and, and try and impose themselves a little bit, mm. be confrontational, go toe-to-toe a little bit. And then 
obviously not overcomplicate what they're trying to do there because if they think they can go there and just throw the ball around and this ball's going to be thrown on the ground again and that's going to suit um, it's going to take some time the attack game and people need to realise that because you're changing behaviours that have been implemented or not implemented I should say over the last number of years because it, that was a shortcoming on behalf of the coaches that were there at that time or because it wasn't part of the game plan and now they've changed things so it dictates a there's a mixture here of accountability from the players and some of them showing us I'm not saying that they're not good enough but showing us examples where it's indicating that they're not good enough they've got to play better than that They've got to be more forthright in their own assessment of their performances. They've got to put their hands up and they've got to do it. There's no point in going into videos and, and nodding at the, mm. the attack coach or defence coach. Like if you're missing tackles in a game and the defence coach is showing you a system where you should be and you get to the place where he wants you to be mm. and you missed a one-on-one tackle, well, you've, ta- you've got to take accountability. So getting it's the same in attack. If you're getting into good shape and you're dropping the ball, well... There's not a lot the coach can do at that particular moment if you're not getting into the position or if you're not holding someone in defence. So the players have got to take responsibility here. And the reality is, I think, um, you know, they've 10 away with the, the emerging Ireland side and um, some really young, exciting players. And you see the um, Ruan Quinn, um, I think Patrick Campbell is a great prospect, a dog bow. Uh, Fionn Gibbons is on the on the mm. on the bench tonight. He did really well with the twenty. So um, there will come a point, Adrian, where people will say, "We'll just play the young players." If yeah. we're going to lose anyway, let's play the young players. At least in twelve months' time, they'll have gained the experience. So it's a kind of a critical period and moment for for some of the more senior players that they've got to. And that kind of really enhances tonight, doesn't it? That oh, yeah, I can't wait real, for it. Because you, you, you think Connacht have Leinster coming next week. Yeah. So imagine if they lost tonight and then Leinster coming oh. to, to, to Galway next week. Well, they're so, in the habit of beating them down there particularly. But I, I, Potentially it could be five from zero from yeah, five. Yeah, and yeah. Munster have, you know, they lose tonight. That's zero from four. Well, they've one from four mm. they've got the Bulls coming they've got to go to the Aviva and then they've got Ulster mm. so you know usually this time of year you get a few fixtures that yeah. you pick up a few results and you might lose one or two but you've won three or four out of the first block both these sides are in real danger of putting themselves in a position of of forget playoffs not even making Europe yeah. so um, it's unfair pressure early, so early um, Connacht's is, their away fixtures are down to the 4G pitch and stuff like that but look it's it's a very hard game to call if you ask me who's going to win tonight it's 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 difficult I like the, the I like the the Munster pack in a sense that you know with Byrne and Klein um, it's really the first pick the back row, row as Gavin well, Coombs it? coming back as well the first pick back row is it yeah, it, it is a thing, but um, you know they're still down numbers. Chris Farrell is not there. Yeah. Uh, Zebo's not there. Haley's injured. Um, Anton Frisch is away. Who looked very good during yeah. the week against the Pumas. So um, it'll be really interesting to see Hawkshaw um, playing yeah. at twelve tonight for Connacht. He's a very good footballer. Jack Carty, obviously back for Connacht, is a big, big boost for them. Boost. It sounds like everything you've said so far is leading to Connacht are going to win it. Well. They'll believe they can win it. I think and that, that, that helps. I played against Connacht a long, a, a many times in my career and I always felt that they never believed they could beat us. Mm. It was a case of 
but that's changed you know the culture has changed there and they've they've you know players who really believe they can and Munster even though um, they're not the monster of old are still a big scalp for everyone we saw the reaction in the Dragons a few weeks so you can imagine if Connacht get the results which they did last January which was a big kind of talking point in Munster season um, and Johan van Graan's reign um, where you know Munster passed the ball 45 times in the game they were beaten 10-8 they should have been beaten by a lot more um, you can imagine if Connacht the crowd are going to be buzzing for that tonight mm. um, so there's a lot to play for both sides Munster can kind of kick start their season and Connacht can obviously as well yeah. Can I just briefly ask you uh, Quinny, just on the spectacle itself before we wrap up um, like Manny Friend pointed this out during the week talking about the water breaks and I think one of Munster's halves against Zebra last week there was actually 50 55, 55 minutes, minutes yeah, like, first half like, I'm not saying it's an identity crisis for rugby but this is, a, this is an interest levels thing where people are just going to drop off and not watch games because they're going on for far too long like will it get to a crisis point where we need to actually look at well the water breaks is one simple fix but there's a deeper thing here where water it's, breaks it, need to go there's enough of stoppages to throw in a water bottle here and there when, yeah. and you know there's going to be a, a, an injury or two in, uh, per half where somebody's down for a minute that you know these the guys are running in with messages these water breaks have to go I think um, although sometimes if I was out in the field you'd feel like you'd love <laughs> you'd love about five minutes to gulp it down <laughs> the TMO stuff is again it's it's really poor Niall Scannell's try last week wasn't a try for me they gave over two and a half minutes three minutes mm. looking over and back over and back over and back um, when the viewers or you know the people looking at the screen at the stadium could see you like, can't really do the football thing of let the play continue and then come back to it can you because it's attritional and that doesn't no, like for a try scoring thing there you have to I think with the foul play and, and potential foul play and stuff obviously the play goes on and yeah. a TMO check comes in but it shouldn't referee. be going back seven or eight phases no, to I think it, it, there, it, is, it, is, it is an issue and I, I agree with Andy Friend on a point that you know Connacht are a team that really want to play with flow and tempo yeah. because they've that's their game um, you know they want to keep going, keep going and keep going and wear teams down and get into multi-phase and get into 10, 12, 15 phases because um, they they have that ambition and he's programmed them to play like that. Mm. Um, I think the day that we see Munster kind of get into that level would be great. Um, but there's a lot of work. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. And who knows, Munster might surprise uh, people tonight and really, you know, get a really good mm. performance. Um, who knows? I think they need one. Mm. Um and there's a fair bit of pressure there for, for both sides yeah. obviously we spoke about so it should be a cracker yeah really looking forward to it uh, that game is 7.35 tonight obviously in Galway you can watch it on TG Car and then you have uh, Leinster against the Sharks tomorrow at 5 past 5 and uh, you have Ulster at home against the Ospreys in Belfast uh, later on that evening as well so that's your rugby for the weekend look forward to catching up with you next week Quinny thanks a million cheers thanks Fair play. it is 9.37 that is pretty much it from OTB AM this morning Shane good luck this evening Cheers, Aaron. I'll be quite yeah. know what you're doing down there yet, but uh, fan as well. I forgot to put him up. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you give me fellow Tommy from grief. Tommy Bow Country, and he's a Connacht fan. I'm a Tommy Bow fan and a Connacht fan. Yeah, can't yeah. be both. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not alone. We, we had a Calvin commenter coming in this morning, backing me up. So that is definitely a conversation we'll be coming back to again down yeah. the track. Uh, thanks, a million, for joining us over the course of the morning, and good luck to you this evening, Shane. And enjoy your weekend. I'm sure Saturday's OTB is going to be an absolute belter. Going to be fun. Tune in for the news round one o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> OTB AM with Gillette. 
Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 